When life bumps up against you, you have the choice to pucker up and put on a sour face or mix it up with ingredients like resilience, persistence, and grace into the delectable concoction only you can serve. We are Greer McVeigh and Whitney Wiley, speakers, authors, and entrepreneurs. We're also sisters, and since we were children, we've made a habit of turning challenges into the lessons and launch paths of our lives. Each week, we'll discuss the recipes that will turn your biggest challenges into the building blocks of the successful and fulfilling life of your dreams. On occasion, we'll include experts and thought leaders who'll join the party and you're always invited to. Join us as we share the sweet highs and sour lows and every drop of life in between. Along with our guests, we help you shake and stir your own lemons into lemon drops. Welcome to the Life, Lemons, and Lemon Drops podcast. Hi, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Life, Lemons, and Lemon Drops. I'm Whitney Wiley. And I am Greer McVeigh. Hi. Hi, Whitney. Hello, Greer McVeigh. How's it going today? It's going. It's going well. You know, I got up early this morning. It was one of those days that I, I think I felt like I got a relatively good night of sleep. I didn't need any uh, sleep aids to get through the night. Oh, <laughs> so that's, that's good. So that's good. So I didn't wake up groggy or anything like that. I felt relatively well rested. And then I was like, you know, I need to, I had a couple of errands to run. So I went out to run the, I, you know, made a, my first stop at Starbucks to get some coffee. Let me rephrase that. I made my first stop at a coffee shop <laughs> to get some coffee. <laughs> I can't be saying people. It, it, round, it rhymes to. with far nucks. <laughs> <laughs> but I made my first stop to get some coffee to, you know, you know, whatever. And then I, you know, proceeded from there. And I must say, it is hot. <laughs> it was, I don't know, maybe nine o'clock or eight, eight thirty, nine o'clock or something. I think it's, I just want to remind people to make sure you hydrate and check in on your neighbor, you know, your elderly or disabled neighbors or whatever. And, um, you know, but hydrate and, and yes. turn off your air. You, well, let me add this. So, you know, yesterday we got a red flag warning, I think is what they call it, to try not to use your um, appliances during the day. Of course, my fan is on, I'm running, <laughs> doing dish, I'm running, the dishwasher's on and I got a load of laundry in the, um, in the washing machine. But the idea was to do it now, early in the day, not in the hottest part of the day. So let me get it out of the way. Um, but similarly, Texas was, you know, their, their, their system, ERCOT, is, you know, they've been sending out warnings. It's like, you know, don't use your stuff and we may have to go offline. And if you recall, earlier this year, they had the whole cold front that came in and people were freezing to death. And they're like, oh, you know, our, our power grid, it's not, you know, we didn't prepare it for 
the winter, it's for summer. And it's like, okay, well, here we are in summer. And apparently you weren't prepared for that either. So it, it just seems like no matter where you are, you know, there's always something. There is know, always something. something there some is extreme always weather, life. Some mudslides. Always life. Always lemons. Always lemons. So that'll keep us in business, right? But you got your mudslides, your heat waves, your cold fronts, your, your uh, hurricanes, tornadoes, earthquakes, no matter where you are. You know, we keep saying, you know, I do the political thing and I keep seeing people, see, this is poor management on California's part that their grid is offline. It's like, yes, yeah, so is Texas. So whatever. Um, it's it's called climate change, but that's a, that's a whole nother issue for another show on another day. But there's just always something. So we ought not pass judgment about what's going on in other parts of the country or other parts of the world because it's getting more extreme and more whatever for everybody. So the best I can say, my best advice, be prepared, have water, have, you know, keep try to keep your house cool, try to conserve energy where you can, build a pool and keep it moving. Thank and you God got a pool, pools. so you're ready. <laughs> Thank God for pools, yes. So, yeah. and if I ever get to the to-do items on my list today so that I can wrap them up, I will get to the pool. And um, and I'm looking forward to that. So, you know, uh, well, let me just say this. The other day I did this uh, training, a leadership, a leadership training. And one of the things we were talking about in this particular, it's a series and this, this particular um, portion, I can't even tell you what this one was about. It was about prioritizing essentially. Um, but one of the techniques that they gave, which I think we've talked about here on Capital G is at the beginning of the day, sort of make a, a list of if I complete these things today, it will be a successful day. Yeah. I think so many of us just go and go and go and go, you know, you wake up and there's a long laundry list and you just, you know, start tackling the list without necessarily prioritizing the list and determining, okay, if I, yes, if I get through these 10 things on my list, I'll be happy. That'll be great. I'll have 10 fewer things to do. Right. But right. If you don't do them all, would you feel like you failed? Will you feel like your day was just, you know, a, a, a nonstop cycle of, you know, what I didn't do? You know, instead of that, take your list, identify what are the highest priority, what are the things that must be done today? And if you do those things, then you can consider the day a success. If you do a little bit more, great. That's yeah. just a you know yeah. an A plus instead of an A. Um, and then you know, and, and maybe what you could do is have your rewards. If I you know here are my ten things. If I do these five, I get in the pool. If I do these seven, I can get in the pool and have a lemon drop. Lemon drop. <laughs> <laughs> If I do all 10, I can get in the pool, do a lemon drop and take, you know, sleep in tomorrow, you know, and, and, you know, and do less no, I, you know, or I whatever. I'm all for that. And that's a, a system that I use. I have an accountability partner. So I give my list of things that are for the day 
to my accountability partner and and then every day what every day five days a week what I got accomplished mm. the day before what's on my agenda for today and then so tomorrow I will tell him what I accomplished on the list of today and so wait a minute that means your accountability partner has to not only have and you both have to not only have your stuff and what you know what's on your list and what stresses you but now they got to be stressed and worried about what's on somebody else's list I don't know that he is at all stressed about what's on my list all he does is well, he's got to keep me. track of it he doesn't keep track it's my job to keep track he just he's there as my cheerleader and someone that you know if if I were to say something was on my list three days in a row and I wasn't getting it done, it would be like, is that really a priority for you? Is that really something that you need to be done that we need to be doing? But it's it's sort of in the moment. It's not a what's on my list is my list. It's not his list. I assume he has his own accountability partner. But that's how I say um on task and on track and while I can have a list of a thousand things and I could come up with a list of a thousand things to do I don't I narrow it down to some important things that I want or need to get done for a particular day that move me in the direction of where I'm trying to go so I agree with that approach and I make when I think about how, whether or not my day is successful, I make it as simple as possible. So, hmm, um, okay. good, good for you. Well, you know, and I, I find I, it, interesting. I can only do what I can do. Well, I find it interesting that you do have an accountability partner and another person who's like on your team, right on your team and in your corner, as opposed to all the people out there who <laughs> work against you, or, you know, not you specifically, but you know, there are forces of good and evil in our world. And so what I wanted to talk a little bit about today was some of those forces of evil, right? Some of the, and okay, I'm, I'm being a little hyperbolic, but some of the people that are not necessarily either on our team or that have done us wrong or that you know, put up roadblocks or whatever. And earlier, are you this holding week, some grudges or something about well, something that well, that's exactly it. Earlier this week, someone in my um, professional past popped up in a, you know, in an email, and not an email in a, you know, social media. And I'm like, you know, screw you <laughs> and it was like oh so and so i Ouch. think it was on i think it was on uh i think it was linkedin and it was like oh so and so did a thing and i was like yeah i don't care that so and so did a thing so and so did me wrong um and i was like you know what greer maybe it's time to let that go um and in a long in a nutshell now i don't really want to divulge because the person was yes. somebody actually liked. yes it is time to let that go <laughs> I don't well, even know what I don't even know what it is, but yes, <laughs> yes, it is. If it didn't, hap if it well, didn't happen yesterday, the it's question time to let isn't it go. whether or not to let it go. The question is, what does letting it go look like, right? So, in a nutshell, um, I have a there's a person who uh, I used to work with, 
And when I separated from the company, that person basically, as the kids say, ghosted me. And for a period of time, I reached out, you know, it was like, hey, because we were friends, right? And, you know, we worked together. We were friends. We'd hang out. I'd been to her home. I'd been, you know, met her children, her husband, or, you know, went to family events, you know, whatever. And it was just like radio silence. And it was a difficult time for me when I separated from the company, um, you know, but I was just like, hey, you know, what's going on or, you know, whatever. And I, literally, I, I did not hear from this person. I didn't get a response, you know, for whatever period of time. And obviously, I stopped even trying after, I don't know, a couple of weeks or a few weeks or whatever. It wasn't, you know, years and, you know, whatever. Um, then there was, So then I was like, fine, whatever. And there was just no contact. And probably about, I don't know, maybe five years ago or something, that person left the company that we had both worked for. And, you know, but we, I had never like stopped following on social media, I think LinkedIn or Facebook or wherever, what, I don't remember, whatever social media was available 15, 10, 12 years ago. Um, but whatever it was, I never dis, distanced myself. I just didn't reach out. So they were there in the background. So, so you didn't person, unfollow. I didn't unfollow. Yes. <laughs> or I didn't unfollow or dislike or unfriend or whatever. And, you know, so now, so it isn't like, oh my God, I'm holding a grudge grudge. You know, I'm not out, you know, skulking around in the middle of the night trying to figure out how to get my, my revenge and it, there's no dastardly plan or anything like that. But I just, you know, that hurt, I think, just is a nagging thing and it hasn't gone away. So whenever that person pops up, it's like I'm, a, a little salt in a, in a, yes. in a wound. It's like a but, little salt in an open wound and I that, need to close the wound. That's the and, question. And when that person is not present, th there's no thought given to exactly. you're not sitting around seething or anything like that. Exactly. So, so maybe it's a grudge light. And maybe I would still actually like the person. I mean, I, there was other than just that they weren't there for me. So, so, so maybe the place to start is to, you want to heal the wound. You want that wound to close is to reach out and find out what was going on. Maybe whatever was going on with you was triggering something in that person's life, or you were a reminder of something that they didn't want to deal with or own up to, right? And so it, maybe it had nothing to do with you. And I tend to think most things in life don't have anything to do with the people involved. It's stuff that's going on somewhere else. And the people that are closest to us tend to bear the brunt of the other stuff that we are not handling well. So maybe a mm. place for you to start is to, since you're still connected, even though you haven't communicated, is to reach out and get connected and see if you can't have a conversation about what happened. If you were hurt, say that you were hurt. And maybe not in the very first conversation, I'll put it that way. Maybe you don't lead with, you hurt me. Uh, <laughs> can we talk about it? 
but create an opening and then have communication and then address it straight up like uh, a grown ass woman, as your mother would say. Um, yeah, right. Because <laughs> while you're saying, you know, you're not seething and there are, you're not having all these sort of outward manifestations of grudge holding or anger or hatred or whatever, there's no reason for you to be triggered every three years or five years or when something um, pops up. I'm triggered. <laughs> yeah, you sound triggered. And that, and that might be it. And, you know, so the question, I, I, I don't disagree with you. And obviously there needs to be some level of closure. Um, and, I, and I think the reason that this, this time, because the person pops up often, but it was like, you know what, Greer, from a professional standpoint, what are you blocking, right? What blessings are you blocking or what opportunities right. are you uh, preventing from By not having, having a relationship? From not having a business relationship. Right. You right. and I earlier this week had talked about um, ways to, and we should probably do a lemon drops about this, but ways to cultivate professional relationships and having more, uh, being more uh, intentional, uh, intentional about right. how we do it and why you do it and with whom you build relationships and all of that, you know, networking is not just having, you know, 5,000, you know, friends on you know, uh, uh, LinkedIn, LinkedIn, right. Or, you know, right. or followers or whatever you call them in LinkedIn. Um, networking really is about cultivating mutually beneficial relationships, um, or cultivating relationships that have, that could potentially have a mutual benefit for both people. Absolutely. And and so when we, when you and I were having that conversation about networking and, you know, taking the time to engage with people who are in your network, right? Yeah. Whether that's yeah. having periodic, you know, uh, just phone calls or dropping an email or handwritten card or going out for coffee or lunch or dinner or drinks or, you know, whatever it is, um, you know, reaching out, offering them opportunities uh, or making connections with, you know, between them and other people based on what their interests are and what they're doing and who else is in your network and being that intermediary, that intermediary and, you know, or the bridge between different factions or different people and opportunities. It, you know, it, it really got me thinking about, you know, who is in my network and you know, why, why do I not reach, there are some people that I don't reach out to, and it's like sort of why, and if there's somebody that you're not going to have a relation, then remove them from your network. Right. Right. Don't right. have a grudge. <laughs> you know, right. don't hold yeah, a grudge, and right. then it's like, I'm never going to talk to this person, then why are they in your network? And if they, and if there's no reason for you to hold a grudge, and they are still in your network, then cultivate that relationship, which what you're suggesting is may need to start with, you know, getting to the root of the grudge, ripping the bandaid off the wound 
and then opening it up and healing it properly and then letting it you know move right because then you can find out if if that person is willing to hold conversation with you you can find out if there what if there is a relationship there worth saving or having right and then you can move on one way or the other you can move on okay they're not open to it. It's not going to happen. I can let that go. Or, you know, I've wasted the last year, two years, five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years of my life, you know, watching from the sidelines on something that ultimately doesn't really matter. So I think it's important that um, one, we understand, and I, and I guess I wouldn't really call, <laughs> well, you know, we were like calling it a grudge, but I don't know that, I, I don't know that it is a grudge, but the definition of grudge anyway is a persistent feeling of ill will or resentment resulting from a past insult or injury. So I don't know how persistent it is. It's occasional. It, can you have an occasional grudge? I, I I don't know. It's well, I certainly don't have any grudge. ill will. Right. No, I don't I don't have any ill will. There is some resentment about the past injury or insult or what you perceive to be that. So, you know, take that as one will. I, I would say minimally, it's your feelings were hurt and that hasn't been resolved. Now, whether or not that actually rises to the level of a grudge or not is debatable, but you're still harboring some bad feelings about at least the situation, if not directly the person. So the place to start is really- And I think it's more the situation. Now that you said that, I think it really is more, it takes, it's not so much the person, it when I think about it, it takes me back to a situation that was very uncomfortable for me, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? And very not pleasant for me. And so I think that is the problem. And, and maybe they know, didn't want to have to deal with your problem. I'm sure that was exactly it. Or didn't right. want to get pulled into my problem. Or get pulled into the problem. Yeah. Or, you know, or they were still there, wherever there is. And yeah. having you sort of reinforce something maybe that they were feeling that they needed to deal with. Who knows? Yeah. The bottom line is in, in, for you, and I think we've talked about this before, right? Ultimately, forgiveness isn't for the other person. It's for you. and for you to be able to move on and be healthy physically, emotionally, spiritually. Um, that And even though this isn't something that is pervasive and weighing you down every day of your life, you've got this one with this person or this situation, you've got one that's similar to some other situation and they're piling on top of each other. And so maybe no one thing is that big a deal, but the accumulation of all of them is yeah. harmful and detrimental. So that when something happens in the, currently, that someone from the outside would be like, why are you reacting like that? 
it's like, well, it's just one more slight on top of a whole um, Empire State Building, you know, length of slights or something or injuries or what have you. So it, ultimately, it has to be about you and uh, looking out for you and your best interest. So, so I, I do um, want to talk a little bit about um, other how this might be, how these kinds of things with other people, right, our listeners, the kinds of things that might be going on that maybe they're not thinking as a grudge or they're not really thinking about, but that might be holding them back that sort of fall in the same vein. So let's talk about that. And then let's talk about how to address that, because we don't want to just bring up lemons without giving a recipe for making it all better and go down smooth. So um, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor and then we'll come back and we will address some of these other types of situations. And we are back. So you wanted to dive into a couple of scenarios that our listener might be encountering that they weren't thinking oh that's not that big a deal but again maybe cumulatively when you start looking at it it's like oh yeah I could see how that's creating a grudge or resentment or ill will or whatever yeah sort of like what kinds of things are holding a grudge right um sometimes it's passive being passive aggressive yeah it might be an indicator that you're holding a grudge uh, some of the thing, you know, give some thought to if you feel somebody has done you wrong, if you feel that, um, you know, you don't want to work with somebody or you don't return somebody's phone calls. Those, you know, those are manifestations of a grudge, right? So, of course, I don't know what, you know, someone may or may not have done to you, but, you know, in the words of what's the comedian Jeff Foxworthy, you may be holding a grudge if, <laughs> right right it, 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 right you don't want to talk to someone you won't return their phone calls um that maybe you're depressed or anxious about something and you don't know why right yeah um, maybe somebody and, owes you some money and never gave it back or took advantage you feel that they took advantage of you um and i i guess the bigger you know my focus obviously today has been is on professional relationships right because what it keeps you from doing is advancing your in your career or your profession or you know projects that you may have a passion for um you know holding grudges in your personal life is a it's it's the same thing it's same thing only different right right i mean it just has a, a different outcome potentially on how you move forward and ultimately this like most things maybe it's not that big a deal um, if you hold a grudge, if there is no consequence, right? Mm -hmm. and, and only you get to decide if that's true. So if it is not preventing you from moving forward in your career or taking advantage of relationship, um, then maybe it's not a big deal. It's not a block. But certainly if you are feeling stuck in some way, then you've got to take a step back and ask the questions why. Do some work and understand what that, why that is. And maybe that is the place that sends you off on this 
sort of path of curiosity about what's going on. You may not even know that there is an issue until you start looking at the results that you're having that are not in alignment with the results that you want. So then mm. you can start asking some questions, right? And so maybe in your case, I don't know this to be true. I'm just saying, what if when this situation popped up and you see this person, something happens, they make it a, a move or whatever, and you're like, that could have been me. Or what if I had stayed connected to them? Would I have been able to move my career or advance in the same way? And because you had not been connected, one, you're not going to have any way of knowing, but you created a block. Like you said, you, you may have blocked your blessings of being connected to someone who is that you could be beneficial to each other, right? This is not just about you taking. <laughs> I should have stayed connected to them so that I could get something. Um, it, it could be that you would have been mutually beneficial, helping each other, challenging each other to be better, to rise up um, and uplift, empower and the like, but you've lost out on that yeah. opportunity by not having that relationship. And so again, the, the what may spark the curiosity, that sparks the curiosity is things are not quite what you want. And so then you have to ask yourself about your behaviors and where you are in your thought process. I think in my instance, if, I, I think part of the challenge was I went through a very challenging time and I could have dealt with the, the issue with the employer, right? Mm -hmm. But it was compounded by not only, you know, do I have this issue with this, with this employer, but now I've lost friends or I've lost it. So it, it, it was the, the ripple effect. Right. Right. It right. Permeated the, the professional problem permeated by personal life right so it Which was, often happens so it was doubly is, yeah right so it's sort right. of like if you get a divorce right so you get a divorce from your husband and now all of a sudden you know you're no longer your friends to... your friends get, get divorced <laughs> you know now you've lost yes. your friends he gets remarried and he you know inherits all the friends so not only did you lose your husband but you lost the family unit now you've lost friends and you've lost your right. social life and you know just you know that that's kind a, of that's thing a good analogy and i think that's yeah. something that probably a lot of people can relate to right and it, yeah but and that change um necess necessitates the sort of the the path that you move in from there. So yeah. again, you have to decide, you have to look at, is this outcome, the outcome that I wanna, if not get curious about it. And yeah. so again, how do you then move forward, right? Because that's what we're about here. How do, how do, how do you learn some lessons from this and how do you move forward? So, you know, I started with open communication. You've got to start by having a conversation or a series of conversations, right? Because you're not going to just jump in with someone you haven't talked to in years and, and 
be like, what was the deal? How come you stopped talking to me? Why wouldn't you take my call? That's not, that's not, I think going to be productive, but there is. That's exactly that, what I was going to do. I'm glad you told is, me not to do that. Actually, th that's the last thing I, I know you better. <laughs> that's the last thing you would ever do. No, uh, I was going to call and say, Hey, what have you been up to since we last talked? You, you could, you could do that. It's a little passive um, aggressive. Well, yeah, but, it, but you have to start somewhere. Right. And so wherever let, you choose to start, let me ask is, this. How yeah. do you know if you're the person toward whom some other person is holding a grudge? Right. Because maybe you as the I don't know, the the begrudged. You have the grudger and the grudgy mm -hmm. or the the, mm -hmm. the, 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 the the begrudged. I don't I don't know which is which in this scenario. But if you're the, I guess you're the grudger, I'm the grudger, and this person would be the grudgy, right? So if you're the grudgy, how do you know, one, that somebody's, well, obviously you don't give a damn, you've gone on with your life. But, you know, I would imagine that a lot of times people would want to make things right. I, you know, most people don't want other people to have uh, ill will toward them or bad feelings or, you know, would want to, to you know correct whatever is out there so are there ways that that you know of that someone might know or signs that somebody might be holding a grudge and how they might reach out proactively to say you know i know that you know me oh i don't know but i know or i suspect that you might be uh upset with me about something either i'm not sure of what it is or i know exactly what it is and here's my side of the story or what, how do you deal with it from the other person's perspective? How have you dealt with it in the past? Nobody's ever held a grudge against me. Really? <laughs> that I, that I know or care that about. Know <laughs> that I know of. Um, you know, no, I've, uh, obviously people have held grudges against me. And for the most part, I've been like, a, oh, well. you know, I mean, when I've cared, when I've known and I've cared, I have reached out and said, you know, this, it seems like, you know, something's not quite right. And I'd like to make it right. I, and I think that's, when, when that's I've cared. the answer. When and I care, when I haven't cared, it's like, when, when you don't you. care, when you don't care, the other person doesn't care, then there's not going. Okay, so when you don't care, the other person doesn't care, then you can just sort of move on. But if you're being triggered, the thought that you don't care is not true. You can say you don't care, um, but if it something rises up inside you, then you do care. So as it relates to the other direction, so the grudgy, this per, let's using this example. So the person that you're pseudo holding a grudge against, the, your question is how would they be able to say, I think Greer's holding a grudge against me. Like we know I, I people. I want to do something about it. We know people, and I'm not. I'm asking. not gonna. I'm not gonna You're out anybody. On, I'm trying to ask the question. I'm trying to. No, ask I understand. The no, I'm not. I'm not moving on. You and I know people that, you know, very close to us, 
who are quote unquote grudge holders, right? And okay. they will give you the silent treatment for months or years on end. Yeah. They will, they're like, eh, you know, whatever. So that kind of a person, a person who's, you know, you know, somebody's done them wrong or they've done somebody wrong and they're like, you know what, I'm just going to give you, I'm putting the walls up, I'm giving you silent treatment. I know that there's a problem. I know that person is mad at me. I know what I did, you know, hurt them, you know, whatever it is. Maybe you stole their man. Maybe you, uh, 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 you know, ratted them out to the IRS. Yeah, I don't know, whatever. What do you, if, if you're like, you know what, I, I, I know this person is, a, is upset with me or holding a grudge against me right. because I right. did blah, blah, blah. They're not going to come to me for whatever reason. I'm going to go. So it's almost so, like, the, so the, are you going to forgive somebody who isn't asking for forgiveness or who isn't? Yes. Yes. So I think we've talked about this in the past. Um, so in this situation with my ex-husband, he held a grudge against me. I don't know why he had a grudge against me. I didn't do anything, right? May, and maybe that's why he held a grudge. I didn't do anything. Um, so... But I felt like I was justified in holding a grudge, but I chose not to, right? There came a point in time where- So like, both of you were holding a grudge. He was holding a grudge. I was holding a grudge. I didn't feel like he had a reason to hold a grudge. We subsequently had conversation where he confirmed he had a reason to hold a grudge. Um, I don't know that he actually was holding a grudge as much as he had some issues within him that just manifested in my direction. Uh, I'll put it that way. But for a period of time, I was holding a grudge and I was angry and bitter and lots of things. And, but there came a point in time where I had to say, that's not serving me. Uh, and whether he ever apologized or not, and at some point he did apologize, it was a lousy apology. And I was he did like, the best he could. I'm sure. I'm sure he did. And so I was like, I have to do this for me. The forgiveness again is for you. It's not for the other person. So a lot of people don't want to forgive people because if I forgive them, that means it's okay. It doesn't mean it's okay. Forgiveness is for you because when you don't forgive when you hold a grudge, when you hold anger and resentment, it creates physical um, implications for your health. So people who, been a, who, who forgive other people, who let go of grudges and bitterness and forgive other people, they have less anxiety and stress and hostility in their lives. Their blood pressure is lower. They are um, less likely to be um, immune compromise, they have fewer symptoms of depression, they have better overall health. So forgiving okay. is mm -hmm. for you. It's not for the other person. Now, if the other person apologizes, you can accept their apology and then they can deal with whatever they have to deal with. 
So if in this situation, the, the question that you're asking, um, if someone that feels like I've done them wrong, they're holding a grudge against me and they are not willing to come to me to have a conversation. I don't feel like if I have tried a couple of times and I'm a, I'm a believer in giving things a try, but I'm not a believer in subjecting yourself to mental, emotional or physical abuse right? Yeah. With people sort of putting you down and treating you bad um, and you just subjecting yourself to that. So if you have done something wrong to someone and you've apologized and they don't accept it, there's nothing you can do about it, right? There, you can't control other people is the bottom line. You can only yeah. control yourself. So with that said, make a decision to be open. And if they ever change their mind and they're willing to come back, then we can move on. Whether you need to have a conversation, get to the root of the issue or not, that's one thing. I, I tend to think if you clear the air and get it all out, it's better. Some people would rather go, let's just start from scratch and move on. I think that's um, easier said than done right? To, because people are still holding it in the back of their heads, but uh, back of their minds. And, but if you can manage to go on and people don't throw out, you know, snide comments here and there <laughs> talking about what you did, then you can say, okay, we have put it behind us and, and we're moving on. I think okay. the bottom line is people want to be heard, right? And a, a lot of the communication that comes in as a result of grudges is really about people feeling heard, accepted, and getting approval, um, knowing that they matter. And so if you can create an environment that allows that, yeah. then you can go a long way towards healing the relationship and moving on. I think that is excellent advice. I think that's an excellent place for us to sort of wrap this up. I do that that idea of, especially since in my case, I'm not, you know, wallowing in some sort of funky mm -hmm. space. Um, you know, the the idea of being heard, like an acknowledgement of yeah, I mean, I, I think maybe what I might like to hear after all these years is, you know, you when you needed me, Greer, I really I wasn't there for you. Here's why, or I didn't know how, or I was ordered to not have communication with you, whatever. And I'm sorry that, you know, you had to go through that by yourself or you know, whatever. And but I never, you know thought you were not a nice person or whatever. Right, right. Or not. I mean, I don't know how that conversation would go. It would be nice to hear that. And similarly for other people out there, sometimes just, you know, an acknowledgement of, of other people's feelings. It's like, yeah, when I said that or did that or treated you this way or didn't return your call or didn't, you know, whatever, whatever it is, I could have handled that differently. And 
it wasn't you. And yes, can we all just get along and move on? Right. Yeah. And yeah. for my and but for my part, I you know, I I don't necessarily need her to apologize. I think I know what happened and why it happened. And maybe just reestablishing the the relationship and the contact in and of itself and moving on, moving forward, right, is is sufficient. And maybe it wouldn't be such a dig every time, you know, every time I see this person, it's like, you know, well, that was in the past, we've moved on and I'm not bitter and that's that. I so, think I do miss the friendship. So that was part of it. As long as you're not bitter, yeah. forgive them for you and then reach out. Send an olive branch, reach and out. Have a, and have a lemon drop. Maybe we'll have, have a, a virtual drop. lemon drop. Have a lemon drop. Or maybe and... I'll have a meal delivered to her. <laughs> I'll have a you meal can... delivered and then she and I can have virtual lunch. You can have lunch together. Yeah, um, do that. And I think, you know, in the end, regardless of what happened, you can get some sense of closure on it, right? Either I don't yeah. want to be in a relationship with you or I do, and either way you can go. And if they don't, then remove them so that you don't have to have someone pulling at the scab um, every time something happens in that person's life. So with that, if you find yourself in a similar situation to Greer, take some action, forgive, be open to the healing and mending relationships. And if it doesn't work out that way, be okay with that as well. So thank you for joining us for this episode of Life, Lemon, and Lemon Drops. Thanks for joining us for Life, Lemons, and Lemon Drops. If you like our show, please share with your friends. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on whatever platform you listen to this podcast. Your questions, comments, and feedback are welcome. You can find out more about us at lifelemonslemondrops.com. 